0: Austin, give me a beat. be on you. Small but mighty crowd here. I won't be able to hear you. I don't even have my ear in this ear, so I can hear you guys. All right, so you get another chance. Here we go.
1: One, two, three. Blonde
0: Oh, what a day. I have waited and waited for this. Daryl does such an awesome job on the online sermons, though. I'm glad we could all stay connected and hear the word. And uh, just but it just being here and being in the presence of everyone is just amazing. I really was anxious to get here today. So one more, and then we'll let Daryl talk for a little bit. <laughs> and then we gotta play more songs, and then we'll talk a little bit more after that. be seated.
2: That wasn't it there it is there it is I'll just leave that one in there since we're going they always try to foil us don't they but it ain't gonna happen ain't gonna happen we're gonna roll whoo it's good to see y'all I'm glad that you guys came out I'm like Ray I've been excited been waiting for this time you know I'm I, I'm gonna mention in here I'm glad for technology but it don't replace being together does it you know it it just doesn't so welcome to all of you now this morning I heard a good coronavirus joke but I don't want you all to get it (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. and I don't know if you saw it, but I saw a couple of those pictures about um, it said uh, uh, Jane had got a little too comfortable with the online services and she forgotten come walking in with their hair and curlers and her coffee cup and her bathrobe and bunny stuff so I was looking around I don't see anybody that got too comfortable and wore wore that stuff like online today (laughs) me either man Uh, there's a couple times that I I I was like the one dude I saw the uh, news announcer (laughs) he didn't realize that they was going to go below the chest and he had on uh, shorts with his suit jacket doing a news interview. And it's like, okay, don't wear your sweatpants. Don't, just go ahead and, and you just never know. So anyway, greetings and happy Mother's Day to everyone that's here. And um, Psalm 127, it's a divine institution of God that he set up ever since the fall of the garden. And it says in Psalm 127, 3, behold. Children are a heritage from the Lord and the fruit of the womb is a reward. And Proverbs 17:6 says that even your children's children are a crown to the aged and parents are the pride of their children. So, I know many of you that are mothers, happy Mother's Day, grandmothers, also happy Mother's Day with the involvement that you have in that and those of us like myself who have lost mothers i know we're so thankful for them and and that memory that that we have of them and so god bless each one of you and the ministry that you have for that is a ministry of of god and a hearty welcome back to the physical worship that we have here today and like like i was saying i'm thankful for technology but you know whenever i was a young christian I was probably 19 or 20 and I was first there and we were in like a Bible study setting and and one of the older gentlemen that was there he we must have been talking about a passage of scripture like Hebrews ten twenty three through 25 it says let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering you know the one who promised these things is faithful and he's going to deliver but Let us, the body of Christ, let us consider one another as as we uh, get ready together in order to stir each other up to love and good works. So therefore, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But even uh, encourage each other the more so as you see that day approaching. And as we were talking about that this brother said you know and then i know others have talked about it because we had some some talks on the phone during this time where we talked about the campfires and you can have your campfire and i love sitting around a campfire but if you take that campfire where all of those pieces of wood are all nice and warm and it's all burning together and you take the tongs and set a piece over here to the side you know what happens to that piece of wood it does doesn't it and then it turns what Code. Yeah, it turns black, it turns code. Once it's out, the heat will go away. But the fire is still going where all of them are gathered together. And that's like gathering together in the body of Christ. I think Satan would love for us to extend all of this kind of stuff so that we can get code out on the side. We need to stir each other up. You put that stick back in that fire and stir it up a little bit, you know what happens to that stick that was code and Dead out, it catches back and gets warm, and it's back in fire in it. That's why this scripture says for us to get together and to stir one another up towards love and good works. And uh, God bless technology, and God bless those who who aren't able to to be with us for for their reasons. And we want everyone to feel comfortable but God bless the ability to assemble ourselves together and may he never allow this country to not allow us to do that in a forcible way under normal situations. And uh, uh, what the Lord laid on my heart for today is a dual message of consecration and celebration. Consecration and celebration and that's That's kind of why the band's staying up here today, because we're going to have two parts. We're going to talk about getting ready to consecrate, and then they're going to do some more songs as we then begin to celebrate, and uh, we didn't always have the ability to worship throughout history. Back in the time of Daniel, when Nebuchadnezzar and them came and Babylon overtook Jerusalem, And took them away into captivity for 70 years. They didn't have the privilege of worshiping together. Even Daniel got in trouble. Because they knew he was going to his house and praying in the window. And so they wrote just like they're trying to do with some things today I believe. And said let's make it illegal for anyone to worship anyone except you O king. And they got him in trouble because he was just praying in his window. They didn't have a place to meet and to worship for 70 years they didn't have that and so it started moving me towards times like that god brought the children of israel out of 400 years of bondage in egypt didn't he and when god then brought them safely through the water and they were on the other side in the wilderness the lord told moses as he went up on that mountain and he said tell the people this is Exodus nineteen. He said, tell the people to consecrate themselves to me. If you if you watched Wednesday's video, that's he started working on my heart. Then as as you prepare to meet with God, consecrate yourself towards me. And he said, just all I ask is you get cleaned up and come and be ready to worship me, because you know why you are my special treasure you realize that every one of you is bought with the blood of jesus christ and that makes you the gift of god the special treasure in his eyes we are a special treasure to him and that ought to just make us consecrate ourselves anyway and then after that 70 years god began to work on the hearts of rulers and people of God to have a revival again to go back home and go back to worship like what we're doing today and it happened in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah at the end of Daniel's life and in the beginning of their ministry of prophecy and in Ezra it's described in chapter 7 and here's where we're going to start talking about some consecration because here's what happened we're, we're trying to tape this for the folks that aren't here too and i keep wanting to walk to this side and i'm getting away from it but in ezra chapter 7 there uh, he it describes him as a levite and as a scribe and as a man who loved god and his word and he was worthy of it and he's going to travel back from babylon to jerusalem and it's going to take him four months to travel back to that that place and it says in verse 9 that he makes it because the good hand of the Lord was upon him. I want you to know that if you're blood bought and heaven bound, that the good hand of the Lord is going to be upon you. you he, how was it? Look at verse 10. For Ezra, why was the good hand of the Lord upon him? It says, for Ezra had prepared his heart. He became consecrated. He prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. And to do it and then to tell others about it. About all of God's statues and ordinances that he has to Israel. Ezra prepared his heart. He consecrated himself before the Lord and sought to diligently seek the word and to share the word. And it says that that caused the good hand of the Lord to be upon him. So I'm going to pray this day that we all follow suit. That we follow this example to consecrate ourselves. To diligently desire the word of God. And then the good hand of the Lord to be upon us. So Let's all pray as we consecrate ourselves. And then afterwards let's sing like we mean it. Under the Lord who has redeemed us. And bought us. And has declared you and I to be his special treasure. And Father we humbly bow as, as Ezra and Nehemiah is, is about to do. And we pray that we are consecrated before you, O Father. We pray for the forgiveness of our sins. We pray for our, our lack of fire. We pray that you will renew our heart, O Lord, and place within us a new heart, O God. May we be consecrated unto you and may we act and feel inside like we are your special treasure. And we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank You for its statutes and ordinances. And we thank You for Your Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And Father, we praise You and give You all honor and glory as we go forward in this service, in this gathering together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Your your guys turn now. Stand and sing with me. Come on. I'll put my glasses on, that way I can see the words. clap. We're happy. We're celebrating. We're back in church. That's right. Okay. Let's do a song that has different chords in it this time. stomping, hand clapping. Come on, come on, come on. We do it like that. Ready? Start right in on it.
1: One, two, three, four. This is the day
0: seated now
2: it quit there we go there we go there we go always something always something man are you loosened up yet are we loosened up and ready now we're going to go to part two we're going to be in consecration to celebration now Ezra as we talked about man he He consecrated himself before God. He prepared his heart. That's what it said Daniel did too in Daniel chapter 1. All of these folks that had the hand of God upon them. It says they prepared their heart. Consecrated themselves to him and to his word. And then the good hand of the Lord God was upon them. And it's going to take Ezra four months to travel back home. But while the Lord was working on Ezra's heart. While he was getting him ready. The good hand of the Lord was upon the king. And the good hand of the Lord was on another man called Nehemiah. And they were both there at the same time. Now, Nehemiah, the Lord begins to work on him. And it says, you know, he's going to tell you that he's a cupbearer for the king. You know, you would think that the king of Babylon would have someone from Babylon to be his cupbearer, wouldn't you? Probably a close relative or something. But sometimes those can be the folks that, that maybe you don't want to sometimes. But anyway, you would think that he would have someone that was loyal to Babylon. But God put Nehemiah, an Israelite, a captive, in the king's house to be his cupbearer. You know what a cupbearer does? Yeah, he's a cupbearer. He brings the drink. But you know what he does first? You take the first sip. (laughs) Because you're making sure that the king's drink does not have poison in it. And so whenever you bear the cup, you take the sip. And if you don't fall down, he takes the cup and then he's going to have it with his meal. So you would think that he would have, he'd have put someone loyal to him. But he, he chose Nehemiah. I want to use that as a point. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at in life, where God has placed you to be. And he's got a purpose for you wherever you're at. So rest assured, you say, what's my purpose? I don't know. Let's, Lord, open my eyes to see because you've got me here for a reason wherever you are God has put you there for some kind of reason and and know that he is working and his hand is upon you as it was with Nehemiah now Nehemiah he he's been there in the king's household and he's in prayer and fasting as we we move over to Nehemiah uh, he's praying he's fasting he does not realize that his face is showing I forgot to do the prayer here's what happened see was going on he got ready and consecrated himself to nehemiah chapter one if you want to turn to nehemiah we're going to be there the rest of time and in nehemiah chapter one he's got a prayer you see he's he's there as the king's cupbearer and somebody that's left and went back to jerusalem that was close to him has now came back and gave him the report of what it was like and they told him man they ruined the place when when the army came in of babylon they trashed jerusalem the walls are down they burned the gates it's a mess and for 70 years there's been upgrowth over all of that nehemiah and our, our home is a mess and it struck his heart so much that Nehemiah began to say a prayer and that prayer is recorded in chapter 1 we'll begin in verse 4 it came to pass that when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept and I mourned certain days and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven and said I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, the great and awesome God, some of the versions say, that keeps his covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Well, who does he keep his covenant with? Us. And those who what? Love him and keep his commandments. Let this then be in thy ear. Please, Lord, be attentive. And have thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before you now. Day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants. And we confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. You see, that's the reason that they were being shook they realized that they had they had sinned they'd kind of took the lord for granted all of those years after he blessed them and brought them into israel and provided for them they fell back they fell away and he's beseeching the lord's ear and his face because he knows that isaiah said that because of your sins and your iniquities have separated you from your god and his ear does not hear and he's saying i confess i confess my sins and the sins of my people before you father so that you would hear my prayer and i'll give you another little hint about me i do that every day all the time and every time i prepare to study this word i pray that prayer that lord forgive me of my sins forgive me of my flesh nature forgive me of everything that i have done wrong Because I want to understand your word. And I know that your word is only spiritually understood. It says in 1 Corinthians 2. And if I'm walking in the flesh. I am not going to understand what you want me. To have my heart prepared to deliver to your people. So will you forgive me of my sins. And turn not thy face away from me. Nor thy ear, so that you don't hear. And may your Holy Spirit then not be grieved with me. But may he be able to fill my body and have control of my thoughts and of my fingers and everything that I do so that I can tell what you would have me to tell your people that's the prayer of Nehemiah right here as he's consecrating himself to the Lord he said we have sinned not only me but my fathers and all of our people so Lord don't turn away from us we have dealt very corruptly against you and we have not kept your commandments, nor <clears throat> the statutes. Boy, with, these, uh, with it getting hot in here in your eyes, this small print's not doing me much good. But your judgments which thou hast commanded thy servant Moses. Remember then, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying that if you transgress, I will scatter you among the nations. Maybe we've been woke up a little bit here today as well. But if you turn unto me, the Lord God says, and you keep my commandments and do them, though you were cast out to the uttermost parts of heaven, I will bring you back into place that I have chosen to where I dwell. We're back in the house of the Lord today. He says, now, these are your servants and your people whom thou hast redeemed. You're the redeemed. You're the special treasure. By thy great power and by thy strong hands. O Lord, I beseech thee. Let now thy ear be attentive to my prayer of your servant. And to the prayer of your other servants. Who desire to fear thy name and to prosper. I pray thee that thy servant this day. Grant him mercy in the sight of the man that I serve. For I am the king's cupbearer. That's the prayer that he had. And that's, that's his consecration. And that's his heart being prepared and being ready to serve God. And he realizes we got shook because we didn't remember you. And we got lax. And we weren't wanting to desire your word. And to do it, not only to just hear But to do it, we we forgot about walking in those ways and doing those things and that your word is holy and you are holy and you want us to be your people. And so he realizes all this as Daniel did and Ezra did. And he says this prayer and now he's so concerned that now as you go into the next chapter, he's had this news and he's been in this prayer and fasting. And before that, he's always been in the presence of the king. He has always been happy. He's always been delightful. He knew he was a child of God. But now, with all of this news and the reality of what was happening with him, his countenance. He's heard that the place of his heritage was being trampled down. That it was overgrown. That it was abandoned. And it was like God had abandoned the people and he said, Lord, come back, hear our voice. We, we repent, we pray, we, we, we desire you now. And he was still in that mode as he brought that cup to the king the next day. And the king looks at him and says, why are you sad? What's that look on your face? That You're not sick, so that means that you're, it's a disease of the heart. You've got some heart issues going on with you. He says, what's the matter with you? And then it says Nehemiah was terribly afraid. You know why he was terribly afraid? (laughs) He's being called out by the king. Now, I think the king had good intentions. I think the king knew that he had something going on in his life, and that's why he wasn't smiling. But when you're the cupbearer, and it's your responsibility to make sure that the king is protected, and if you're acting like something's up, and the king notices that you look like something's up, he became desperately afraid. And what was, what was his first words after that? O king, what? Live forever. <laughs> In other words, it's nothing, there's nothing going on. There's no plot. There's no poison. There's nothing going on, O king. May, may you live forever. But then he began to tell him that how can I have the face that I've normally had when the tombs of my father's and my father's father's is overrun it's been torn down the walls are torn down the overgrowth is there and even the doors have been burned up you know we're supposed to be gatekeepers for the Lord and ambassadors for Christ and sometimes we let the walls go down and the gates get burnt don't we it's time we would do some rebuilding The king asks him says well what would you have me to do about it and that's what he said I'd like to go rebuild. I would like to go rebuild that place. But I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need some, some of the wood to rebuild the gates. I'm going to need permission to go back and do all of this. And the king granted all of that to him. Because it says the good hand of the Lord was upon him. Man, when you began to pray like those people. When they realized what was going on. And if the body of Christ would do that today, all of us. We could change the direction of this world. You know, what's our main mission? Teaching about Jesus and being born again. You know, I heard we say, oh, that's too much. What did Christ tell us? Go ye into where? All the world. And what? Preach the gospel to who? Every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. You say, that's such a daunting task. There's seven and a half million people. And this is one of those times when Miss T's saying, he ain't on script. (laughs) This is off script. But, you know, I just heard two days ago that if each one of us would just lead one person to Christ this year, there's like 60 million Christians out of 7.5 billion people. But if we led one, that means next year there's 120. And if everyone next year led someone, then we're at 240. And within about six, seven years, the entire world is gospelized if we only did one person a year, each of us. Isn't that something? So the numbers are in our favor, folks. It, it is not a daunting task. But anyway, the king gives him permission and he now returns and he goes back. And you know what happens every time? Every time you consecrate your heart and you set your mind to go do the work of God and you want to rebuild the glory of God back in, in the community and when and the church, you know what happens? You got what? Enemies. Immediately as he set forth, Sanballat and his group was against them. They didn't want anything of God coming back home and taking place. We're going to have enemies. If we consecrate ourselves... And we really begin to do what the Lord wants us to do. We're going to have some enemies out there trying to thwart it every step of the way. But know this. If you read this, I don't have time to go through the whole story. But when you read it, the good hand of the Lord is upon you. And he frustrates all the efforts. And he's going to let you know what their plans are beforehand. Sam Ballot's going to send messengers several times saying, Hey, you're going you got to come meet with us but the word of the Lord came to him don't go it's a setup it's a trap don't go after several times you know what happened false news false advertisement he sent a letter back saying I'm going to tell the king that you're up to no good that you're trying to start a rebellion and that he's going to come and quash that and he sends back a thing says I don't believe you and the king knows better than that. And the Lord's working on his heart like he's working on mine. And I am not going to obey these threats that you've got going out against me. And so he keeps working and his group keeps building. And they got one hand on a weapon and the other hand laying the blocks. And pretty soon they've got it all set up. And they got it all ready. And now you got to Nehemiah chapter 7. And they've, they've built the wall and they've just hung the last door. And verse 73 says that they've got all the priests and the Levites and the gatekeepers and the singers. And everybody had all came and gathered together in Israel in their cities. They, they had done what they had set to do. They've consecrated. They did the work because once you consecrate yourself, there's work to be done for the Lord. And now... What's, what happens when you've been working and consecrating yourself? You know what the next thing happens is? You get thirsty, don't you? You've been working, you've been laboring, and you get thirsty. You get thirsty for that water of life, the word of God. They haven't met together for 70 plus years. And they're thirsty for the word of God. And they've got everything in place. And you know what they do? They call for the man of God, Ezra. That scribe that we, we talked about that consecrated himself and spent four months coming back home to be there for just this time. And they called for him. And you know what he did? It says they called and for Ezra and he brought out the book of the Lord. And it says if you turn the chapter to chapter 8 that Ezra they had built a wooden platform for him to be up above the people so that everyone could see. And they built this platform and he brought the word of God out. And he said, for this day, I want everyone in Israel that has returned home to be here. I want the men, I want the women, and I want the children, and I want everyone with understanding to be in the presence of the word of the Lord. Now, I was thinking about that when the Lord led me through this. You know what our governor said for some of the recommendations for coming back to the house of worship? You know how we just said that the hand of the Lord was upon the king? He's been upon the governor too. Because the governor said, for safety reasons, I don't want coffee. I don't want food in the back. I don't want children's classes, but I want the families to be together. I want the men, the women, and the children of each family to sit together that's what Ezra wanted when they returned to the worship of God for that first time and to hear the word of God so maybe the good hand of the Lord was upon our governor so that we could all worship together in family units here this day just like what happened with Nehemiah and Ezra then it's he got up on the platform and he opened the word of of the Lord and when he opened the book in sight of all the people, you know what they did? He was standing up above them. And when he opened it in verse 5, all the people stood up. Respect. Here come the word of the Lord. You know, we, we sing for the songs, and that's good. I, I love that. It, it gets us pumped. But these words were written by men. Here's the word of God. Whenever I was in prison, Johnny, and I was sitting there teaching those men, usually I would read the text first and then we would go back over it i started that here but whenever i would read we stood all of the men in that place would stand up for the reading of the word of god ezra opened the book and they all stood up and then ezra blessed the lord the great and awesome god and everyone said amen and amen and then while they were lifting up their hands This is a scripture that says you can can feel free to worship God and raise your hands and be excited about being here. They were lifting up their hands and then when they they were hearing the words of the Lord being read and it pricked their heart, they also bowed their heads and they worshipped the God with their faces to the ground as the word was being read distinctly to them by Ezra and he was going over and the people... It says the people that their hearts were pricked by that word. And they all wept there in verse 9 of, Ez, of Nehemiah 8. They were being taught the word of God like it was anew to them. They had not been together for a long time. They had not heard the word of God for in, in person for all of these years. And they wept and they, they, they were sad. And Nehemiah and Ezra exhorted them after that and said... This day. You, what was your last song before we came in here? Before we, This is the day. You know what I've got written here? And I wasn't even thinking about this. Ezra and Nehemiah exhorted them saying this day. Today. This is the day that is special. It is holy unto God. Folks, this is the Lord's day today. This is the day that the Lord has made. You're supposed to rejoice and be glad in it. And he says, all the people were weeping. And he said, this day is holy unto the Lord. You have now consecrated your hearts. You have accepted that. You've prayed. You, you've wept. But now wipe those tears away. Wipe them away. It's time for celebration now. It's time to celebrate the good hand of the Lord that's been upon us and brought us back to this point. And he says, as he goes on reading, he says, go your way when you leave here. And eat of the fatness of the land that the Lord has blessed you with. He's blessed you with so many things. When you leave here today, enjoy yourself today. Drink of the sweetness that the Lord has provided for you and your family. And if you know somebody that's not got that, then share some of what you got with them. Because today is holy unto the Lord. And we're going to rejoice and wipe away those tears. And the joy of the Lord is your strength, he told them. The joy of the Lord is to be your strength as you go forward. For this day is holy and don't be grieved any longer. And all the people went their way and it says they ate and they drank and they shared. And they rejoiced in the presence of the Lord for what he had done for them. And worship. Was not taken for granted any longer. The word of God. Was not taken for granted. Any longer. It is precious and it is holy. And folks what we have in this country is so special. Don't let it slip away. We need to pray. We need to be prayer warriors. We need to make sure. That those who think that they are in charge. That the good hand of the Lord because of our consecration. And because of our prayers begins to work on their hearts as it did their kings. And as it does governors. And as it does representatives and senators and presidents. That it does never allow us to go back to where we don't have to worship again. That we get to to know what this special thing is. So they had forgotten in their busy lives. You know why I'll, I'll give you a hint. You know why they went 70 years into captivity? You remember how... The prayer was, and this is off script too. You know how the prayer was that your face is towards those who long to, to love your you and your word and to do your will, but you scattered us because we didn't do your commandments. One of the little commandments for the Old Testament was: remember the Sabbath and also the Sabbath years. Okay? Now the Sabbath is on a Saturday. Today. We come together as Sunday because Christ arose on the first day of the week. And if you look in everything concerning the church then from Acts forward, it's on the first day of the week as you gather together, lay by and store. Or as you come together to take your communion on the first day of the week, you also do this. So we use that as the example that that God changed from what he gave under the law of Moses to Israel then now to the church that we have a different day. But you can still worship God every day because every day is the same, Romans tells us. And every day we ought to worship God so you can worship Him Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every day. But Sunday is the day to gather together and to partake of that communion. So, he says, as you gather together, be ready to consecrate yourself. This is a special day that the Lord has made. But they were in captivity because... Like our first day of the week, their Sabbath. they also had Sabbath years. Do you know that? Every seventh year was a Sabbath year. Every seventh year, you were supposed to trust God to bless you so much in six years that you don't plant nothing on the seventh year, and you trust God to get you through that year and wait for the next year's harvest on that, that next first year. To be, You trust God that he's going to bless you. That shows that it's not by your strength and your might that you're preserving yourself, but it's by the grace of God. Well, and in every Jubilee year, which was on the seventh seven year, 49 years, everything, not only you had two Sabbath years and you went two years without planning and everything, if you had borrowed and you had had loans on your home, it went back to you. Everything was forgiven and you started over for the next 50 years. But you know what the Israelites did? For 77 years. Like every seventh year that was supposed to be in the Sabbath year, holy unto God, and God's going to provide for you, they still planted. They ignored God's request to rely upon Him. They did that 70 times. So after 490 years, the Lord said, I've got to shake you a little bit because I've asked you to do something to trust me. And you're trusting in yourselves. So because you've trusted in yourselves, I'm going to remove you one year for every Sabbath year that you forgot. You've forgotten me for 490 years, 70 Sabbath years. So I'm going to put you in captivity for 70 years as well. One year of captivity of prison time for every time you missed my seventh year Sabbath and didn't trust in me. Folks, we got to trust in God. And, and that is for us to gather together too. And to be together and to love each other. And to trust in him on our way forward. I pray that you do that today. I pray that as we leave today. That we've consecrated ourselves, That we've prepared our hearts. And that we're going to leave here in celebration. Rejoicing in the Lord for what he's done. And let's pray that this doesn't ever happen again. Father. We thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life. And and for your mighty and good hand to be upon us. And Father we leave here celebrating today. We came in kind of fear. And we have came in trepidation. And there's been things. But Father help us to trust in you wholly. Father if now this is not only the day. And to celebrate. But if someone is here and they are not in Christ. Today's the day for you to come up and, and to be baptized into Christ. If, if today's just the day that we need to come up and pray and be re sanctified, re consecrated, that's the day because this is the day you've made, and today's the day we start our journey anew with you. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.